to Oshiokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha. And in this episode, we'll be talking about Isagi's and Mamori's love for Usamama Week 2023 for Tumblr. Yay! Yeah, so this is a special episode. Uh, so we have two episodes this week going up with our last episode for the Super S anime. So the next episode is going to be stars, but it's really dropping up the dream arc. We wanted to take some time to talk about Usagi and Mamoru as one of our OTPs mm-hmm. for Usamama Week for Tumblr, since we were invited to participate. Yeah, and thank you for the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are really pleased to have been offered a spot to be a to be in the creator spotlight for Usamama Week. And this is a really cute couple. Um, I I think it's a, they have a lot of rough times in the anime. So mm-hmm. I understand from certain portions of the anime why some people actually have alternative ships for Usagi. <laughs> but um, throughout um, like the manga and the other properties, I think they're a pretty strong couple. Definitely. I think... Especially in the first arc of the manga, like, their romance is sort of the central conflict. I mean, it's the whole... Their romance is the reason why we're all here, isn't it? Just as Prince Endymion and Princess Serenity, uh, that forbidden romance is what led to Sailor Moon. Yeah. And that's that's the overarching theme, is is we... I mean, it's in the theme song, the, the Japanese theme song. It's Miracle Romance. Um, right. The whole story is there is once this this moon kingdom and this couple fell in love and these kingdoms fell and through time and space they were reborn in a world where they could be together. You know, that was her mother's wish was like, I wish there was a world where their happiness, where their their love story didn't end in tragedy. And that's what this rebirth, that's where this power, the power of Sailor Moon comes from is from love, this wish that this love can continue on. And that's what the miracle romance is. It's miraculous that it was able to return and come to be as it is. Right, so instead of repeatedly ending in tragedy, the second time around they succeed, they defeat the evil that beat them the last time. Mm -hmm. And in the second arc, even though, you know, the Black Moon is trying to destroy them all over again, we're told pretty much at the start, or, like, I guess in the middle, that not only do they succeed, but, like, they rule the planet together. Like, they have a thousand years of being together. Mm-hmm. They have a child. They have a kingdom. They have a whole life together mm-hmm. um, that we don't see. And honestly, we don't need to see. Um, but it's it's one of those things that you don't really see in shoujo or pretty much any romance, generally. Like, romance stories end when the couple gets together, or when they get married, or when they have their first baby, and then, like, after that, it's just, like, game over, you know, like, I, the story's done, they lived happily ever after, right? Right. I think that's a big reason why the anime s- tries to break them up a lot, because mm-hmm. it's almost like the writers don't know how to write a relationship outside of the will-they-won't-they, they, you know? So they have to manufacture these reasons why, okay, they're a couple, but they're apart, or he has to stay away from her, or 
this thing is controlling him or, you know, these, these various, um, forced reasons why she has to question, you know, what, what's happening? Why, why, why is he acting this way? You know? Yeah. And it, it kind of throws them back into that. Will they, won't they, will their love overcome it all? And, um, Sailor Moon R, Sailor Moon Romance is the most ironic, ironically named season for that reason. <laughs> it's like, wait. Yeah. And, and like, I, it's because it's like, are they going to fall back in love? Are they going to prove their love to each other? Is their love going to overcome all these obstacles? And it's like, with Sailor Moon R, my feeling was very much like, it really shouldn't. <laughs> It doesn't, yeah, it didn't make any sense because it's just like, well, they survive this. And I'm like, well, they have a child in the future. Yeah. So, yes, like, we have the answer to the question already because Chibiusa exists. Right. Um, so it was just, it was a bunch of really needless drama. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, yeah, I remember us suffering a lot through Sailor Moon R. Through Sailor Moon R. Yeah. I don't, I wonder, like, did we suffer most through R or did we suffer most through Super S? Uh, for me, it was definitely R. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I think for me, it was, it was Super S. Yeah, you mean with the, the Amazon trio? Yeah, with just watching them. Because the quartet was I, a blast. The quartet <laughs> was great. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I like the Ayakashi sisters, but then they died and I was like, well, That's they didn't true. die. They got... They got better, and then they left, and I was just like, ugh. Well, that what killed it for me was because I do care so much about the the couple of Mamoru and yeah. Isagi, and then having a whole season where he's, like, avoiding her and saying they can't be together, and this miscommunication, forced miscommunication, ugh, that was just so painful. Yeah, Right, refusing to talk to her, believing, like, some strange dreams that he's having instead of, you know, saying saying to, like, literally his super-powered friends, hey, I'm having these weird dreams. You literally have a Shinto priestess with confirmed powers on your right. side, Memorio. Right, zero communication. <laughs> but, um... So, oh, go ahead. well, I wanted to ask you, is, like, Usagi and Memorio, is that, like, your OTP of OTPs? Is that, like, the pairing that outshines all other pairings uh a hundred percent depends on which property um well ignoring all properties so <laughs> bring in all the properties that you like and love because for me like as much as i love usagi and memoria uh for me my like otp of otps is dick grayson and barbara gordon oh <laughs> okay you know yes yeah. Like, that doesn't diminish how I feel about Usagi and Mamoru. I do definitely look down on everyone who ships Usagi and Seiya. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's how strong my feelings for Usagi and Mamoru are, in that, like, while I can understand people shipping Usagi and Seiya, I'm like, you're very, very wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and I do think less of you for it. Oh my god. <laughs> Your opinions are bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't want you to feel bad, but I do no. need you to know that no. your opinions are bad. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm I'm actually going to be curious. <laughs> it's been long enough that I don't mm -hmm. recall what the chemistry really was between them. So I'm going to be yeah. curious going into Stars to see. Um, I don't think I'm going to ship it, but I, I want to see if I can see that perspective. 
you know? Because definitely mm-hmm. growing up, there was no question in my mind. Like, there was there was no alternative companion for Sailor, for Usagi except Mamoru. Yeah. Although, I amended. Um, I think I did ship her with Haruka for a little bit there. But I was also... See, here's the thing. It's so easy to ship Usagi with other people. Particularly, like, other women. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for me to, like, ship Usagi with another man. She is a bi-queen, though. <laughs> 100%. Like, Usagi is constantly falling in love with pretty girls. Oh, yeah. And it's really cute that she's allowed, within the narrative, to have these little crushes and not be, like, demonized for them. Because she she mm. has little crushes, but she never, like, cheats on Mamoru. And, um, I know some people are like, oh, if there is such a thing as emotional cheating, but there are people who misuse that, you know, like some people, emotional, some people treat it like it's a thought crime where if you are crushing on somebody else, if you have feelings for somebody else, that is emotional cheating. And that's not the case. Can, can you put emotional cheating more succinctly? Can you describe it? So, from my perspective, what emotional cheating is, is developing a close emotional bond with another person where you have a romantic interest in them, Mm -hmm. and so you are spending time with this person, you're having conversations with this person, you're confiding in this person, things that you should confide in your partner, but you aren't telling your partner. So if there are things that you are hiding from your partner, and if you're trying to shield this person from the person you're officially with just be like if your partner's like oh why don't all of us hang out and you're like no this person doesn't really want to you're like no this person has things if you are trying to keep these two people apart um but you're still Mm -hmm. seeing that person on a regular basis and confiding in them and relying on them emotionally Uh in a way that you would rely on your romantic partner or what is considered to be appropriate to rely on a romantic partner um that is emotional cheating and just because it doesn't cross over into physical just because you don't have sex or kiss or like hold hands even that doesn't mean it's okay yeah you know like you're still hiding something from your partner you're hiding a relationship from your partner uh so that's that's the key there right what usagi does is usagi sees a pretty person and is like oh my gosh they're so pretty yeah but she doesn't establish a connection with them like when she does she usually stops having the crush she's just like they're really pretty but if they're having a problem she's like let me help you with your problem and she doesn't hide it from memorial even in the anime uh-huh. so there's that huge difference it's like that saying like a nun commenting on how attractive a man is and someone being like aren't you a nun and it's like just because i can't eat doesn't mean i can't look at the menu <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um so it's really uh, i like that they allow her to do that um it's really cute and i think it's a little more realistic for for kids to see as well um mm-hmm. i think their their relationship is best when they're not being possessive of each other um yeah because we have, I, I feel like that's a little stronger in the manga. It's very weak in the anime. It has some strong moments in the anime. You'll have like one or mm-hmm. two episodes where like she's got the program where she's like, um, mm-hmm. 
oh, my relationship's not fragile. And then, like, the next episode, it's the exact opposite. And you're like, oh, right. a little whiplash there. Um, so there's these inconsistencies. Can I, I really... Sorry, continue. Oh, no. Go ahead. When, go ahead and continue with that thought. I do want to pivot in a little bit here. Okay, so what I like um, in other adaptations, so, like, I know you haven't seen the live action, and I'm not going to try and spoil that for you, but I really <laughs> did appreciate the slow buildup. So the live action had 49 episodes, and the original anime had 48, 46 episodes for the first season. Uh-huh. And with basically the same amount of episodes, the buildup of the romance in the live action was way more believable. Hmm. Um, I really liked in the original anime, like, I wish they had spent a little bit more time of them teasing each other more, like, just kind of, in like, bumping into each other and just, like, messing with each other a little bit yeah. more. To have kind of, like, the little love-hate sort of thing there. Um, yeah. I think as the anime continued, it kind of lost focus on the miracle romance. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when they did finally, like, click into each other and, like, love each other, we... It wasn't as romantic as, like, say, in the anime or... Um, I'm sorry, in the manga or the live action where, you know, Usagi and Mamoru realize who the other is, who you know, their secret identities. And that's not something we get in the musicals either because the musicals don't have time to, for them to discover identities. The musicals, oh, yeah. they know who each other are. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, like, in the musicals, I really love what a pillar of strength Tuxedo Mask is, um, because there's no time for, um, in all other adaptations, Mamoru gets insecure about how he can support Usagi, which is valid, because she has so much power and he's just some dude, right? Yeah. But in the musicals, you know, because there's no time, and I love, again, Yamato Yuga's performance as Tuxedo Mask, um, when she comes in and like flings out her cape and, you know, just, and just singing like the tuxedo bomber song. It's just so good. <laughs> you know, like I love with the musicals, I love how camp Mamoru is allowed to be and how they really embrace the fact that Mamoru is a support character for Isaki. Yeah. Uh, tuxedo mask converts very well into a musical format yes <laughs> into oh, a fun stage play i don't i'm sure there are people who do sailor moon drag and i i hope there's a drag king out there who does tuxedo mask oh that sounds amazing right but yeah so it's yeah it's definitely it's great um what were you saying i was going to touch on there you were going to pivot into a different direction. i was but then i was going to build off what you had said as well um about Mamoru as a support character? Um, oh, about his personality. Uh, about him um, messing with her. Yeah, so mm -hmm. in the manga, you do have him teasing a lot more. I like, I like this version of him where they first meet and he messes with her a lot. You know, he's kind of a dick. He's kind of a jerk and she can't mm -hmm. stand him, which is so uncommon for Usagi, who loves everybody but there are a couple people she just cannot stand um mm -hmm. and that includes mamaru when they first meet even though she can still admit admit he's a pretty guy 
And Mm -hmm. she cannot stand Umino. Like, just cannot stand that little, you know, a little weirdo. You know, she's just like, ugh, why did she, why did he have to tell my mom I didn't do good on that (laughs) test? Thanks. You know, just finds him to be the most obnoxious thing. I I yeah. like that a little more. It gives them more personality than like the the perfect pillars they can kind of wind up sometimes. Like don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I love a good paragon in stories. But mm-hmm. I I I think what I like about those messy parts of their personalities is first of all it gives them a personality and it also makes them seem more youthful. Like Mamoru in the anime that is a man. That is an adult. But in the mm-hmm. manga, this little shit that keeps messing with her, that's a kid. That's a teenager like her. Maybe a little older, but still within the same, you know, closer in the maturity range versus what right. we get in the show. With the show, we have a little girl and we have a grown-ass man. I'm sorry. You know? Mm-hmm. And, um... So I I like when they play into his playful side more cuz I think it makes him feel younger. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are definitely times where Mamoru feels like a 40-year-old man in the anime. Oh my god. And I'm like what are you doing hanging out with children? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean they already have this massive height difference just because Usagi is very small. She's um mm-hmm. canonically in the manga, I think she starts as four foot eight. And I think I thought she was four foot ten. Huh? I thought she was four ten. I think in the beginning of the manga she grows. And think in the in the start of the manga she's four eight. And I think by the end she's four ten. I don't think she ever gets to five foot. I think she goes from four eight. All the to power of the Ginsui show, and she never gets taller. <laughs> and like four feet of that is 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 just legs, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah, I'm pretty sure it does sway like that. It it could also have been just the translation that I had growing up. You know, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I wanted to touch on that I I don't know if we talked about it before is um the mythology behind their names in Demon and Serenity. We definitely have, but it's been a while. Yeah. So we can talk about it again. So in Greek mythology, we have the story of Selene, who is the Titan goddess of the moon. Um, A lot of people are a little bit more familiar with Artemis, who is the the hunting, the goddess of the hunt and the goddess of the moon. But there are, um, there are earlier gods and goddesses of the sun, moon, and the dawn. And that was, um, Helios of the sun, Selene of the moon, and Eos of the dawn. Eos stays the day, the the same. We don't really have a, a replacement for her. Um, and they're titans. They're not of the Olympians. Um, so they're the earlier gods. Right. Yes, yeah, so the Titans are the sons and daughters of Gaia and Uranus. Mm-hmm. So uh, the parents and aunts and uncles of Zeus and the Olympians. Right. So we have um, Selene, 
she falls in love with um, a human, and his name is Endymion. So that's um, who we see. Uh, that that's who Mamoru, who Endymion's character, is named after. And I believe Endymion is the one who they put to sleep in order yes. to maintain his youth. So she's like, you know, I don't want him to die. I want him to be um, young forever. And she has a couple of romances and just like, she can never just have an immortal boyfriend, okay? <laughs> uh, one of them just gets like eternal, um, he gets eternal life, but not eternal youth. So he like ages and gets smaller and smaller until it turns into a So cricket. that was... So that was Eos. That's why. So oh, that was when Eos. Celine asks, yeah. So ah. when Celine asks um, for Zeus to make Endymion immortal through sleep, she does this because she learned from her sister Eos, who had asked, who had right. fallen in love with the mortal man, and asked Zeus to make him immortal. So he had eternal life, but he didn't have eternal youth, and so he grew old and kept growing old, and ultimately he turned into a grasshopper. So Celine, learning from her sister's mistake, um, was like, hey, just keep him asleep forever. Right. And I guess in this mythology, as long as you're sleeping, you don't age. Which, fair. Um, yeah. And so, uh, okay, yeah. And I think that's kind of cool because um, <laughs> what, as we got into the, the last seasons that we watched in Sailor Moon Super S... Um, we find out that part of Mamoru's, uh, or should I say part of Endymion's realms, was Elysian. Uh, and in this story, that's the land of dreams. You know, his, part of his domain is dreams. And I think that probably ties into the myth that he was put to sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love how Takeuchi-sensei will do this She'll grab little bits from the mythology, from folklore, from fairy tales, and just, like, sprinkle it in there. Uh, not verbatim, mm-hmm. so she's not replicating this myth, but it, it very much pays homage to it. She weaves in these themes in very interesting creative waves, where, like, if you know the myths, where it's like, oh, okay, uh, and Damien is related to dreams, that makes sense, and the myth he was, you know... He spent his immortality being asleep. So that does make right. some sense, you know? And if you don't know it, you just still appreciate it because it's just this weird, interesting, eclectic world. Mm-hmm. So. You take it at face value. Yeah. If you don't know. Yeah. Which is really neat. I I like I like what she does with it. It's cool. Cool stuff. Big fan. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember, like... We we both read Dallaire's Book of Greek Myths when we were kids. Mm-hmm. I think you actually own it, but I would have to get it from the library. Mm-hmm. And um, it had been years since I had read it, and then I picked it up um, right in at the height of my rediscovery of Sailor Moon. Oh. And I read the Selene and Endymion myth, and I was just like, oh my god! <laughs> she took it from here! Yep. Because I, I remember as a kid, like, oh, I understand, like, Selene is the goddess of the moon, but where did she get the name Endymion? And then I read that, and I was like, oh, my god. 
Right. Oh, and she's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and we should mention that, you know, Serenity and Celine, of course, in Japanese, the the divide between there's there's not really a division between the L's and the R's. It's the same sound. So yeah, it's like Celine versus Serenity. So, yeah, like Celine is part of the name Serenity. Right. And plus Serenity is also, isn't that one of the lakes on the moon? Yeah, it's one of the seas. One of the seas. So, uh, and they, they, they do bring it up in the first arc in the manga because that's where they sailor teleport to, Mm -hmm. to the remains of the main kingdom is Mare Serenitatis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So her name uh, is related to Celine. So even though her name is Serenity and not Celine, it's like she combined these these names to pay homage, which is really yes. fun. Um, I really love how she built it. Well, I mean, I think we've discussed this before that when Takuchi Sensei was creating Sailor Moon, like there's a reason why they end up together at the at the end of the first arc because. She didn't know it was going to go for longer. Mm-hmm. She had developed Sailor V. Um, Osapi was like, her her uh, editor was like, what if you make this into a whole team and that way it can become an anime and go on the air to replace this other anime that's uh, now completed. And so she did. And so she made a complete story. And then they're like, so what happens next? And she's like, what do you mean what happens next? It's a romance story. The the couple ended up together. <laughs> and she's like, I don't I don't know where to go from here. And so she really did have to kind of on the fly, and I think this is why in both the manga and the anime, Sailor Moon R or um the Black Moon Arc is is the weakest, is because she had to be like, Wait, how do you write a story when the couple has gotten together? Yeah. And is and is going to stay together, and that's where the anime failed because it couldn't figure out how to do that or how to how to adapt that properly. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the manga, she was just like Usagi is the main character, and Mamoru is an additional support, yeah. and so it was just like we. So, but then also it didn't in the manga. Mamoru is not devalued, right? You know, so he's not just like the boyfriend yeah he does he is genuine he does have powers he is genuinely capable of helping um he is concerned that he is not of as much help as her friends which is i think a perfectly valid concern yeah um considering how powerful all of her friends are um but it doesn't make him like broody you know i mean it does a little bit but it's very funny because they both have those insecurities yeah because they they each have what the other doesn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like most of the characters in Sailor Moon, like Mamori was also in awe of Usaki's ability to connect with other people because that's something that he lacks. Mm-hmm. Um, she collects a lot of introverts. And, yeah, Usaki is like an introvert's dream. She is the, uh, the extrovert friend that like allows for you to interact with the world. It's like, Oh, thank God. Just like, I need to do something. It's like, but I'm an introvert and I don't want to go outside and interact with human beings. And then you have, um, your, 
emotional support extrovert that takes you outside. Right. The, the, um, the social buffer. Yes. They want to pull you out of the, the hidey hole. Like, what are you doing right. here? Let's go get ice cream. There's a new movie. Right. Pay for the me. The one who's like, let's, <laughs> right. It's like, let's hang out. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's like, are we doing this now? And it's like, yeah, because you haven't been outside in a hundred years. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm hungry. I have it. Let's get ice cream. <laughs> ice cream is not lunch. <laughs> but I want ice cream. <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's hot here and I'm in, the, I'm in like, the dairy state. So, like, please, I'm going to get ice cream after this. <laughs> I ha- I have a pint of uh, green tea ice cream. So <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Oh yeah, it was on sale. Nice. This is something to do with the podcast. I'm just like really happy I got green tea ice cream on sale. And you can get green tea ice cream if you use our link. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we don't make any money from this. No one's sponsoring us. <laughs> nope. Oh. Anyways, but uh, <laughs> Mamo. Um. Oh. But you know, I didn't. We I didn't get that answer from you. If mm. Usagi Memorial is your OTP of OTPs, that like, of, if you had to pick just one, I, I is this your one? I have absolutely never thought about it. <laughs> really? No. Like as far as like having a one OTP to rule them all, I've never really thought about it. Well, now's your time. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, pressure would dictate, of course I say Usama. <laughs> you're just like, at this moment, because you're asking me, I can't remember any other pairing that I like. Right. They're the topic, and I'm put on the spot. And uh, the only other romances I've been into lately have, have, have been um, uh, some boys love ones. And there's some pretty good pairs in those. But again, it's literally just because it's fresh on my mind, you know? <laughs> right. Okay, so then then I, I changed my question to, was this the first pairing that you were that you were invested in? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me think about some other properties that I was into around that time as a kid. And Yeah, no, I, I'd say so. I think a big reason is because in a lot of properties around that time, you had the main character and they were pretty much all the focus and usually the love interest, whether or not the main character was a boy or a girl, the love interest was very minor, uh, just kind of an accessory. And really didn't usually have a, their own personality. And, and like you said, they the relationships usually didn't go on beyond um, beyond when they get together. Because uh, I'm thinking, like, what were some of the other things? If they had a love relationship at all. If they had a, a love interest at all. Because I'm thinking, like, mm-hmm. I remember I was into, like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch at that time. And she had a Harvey. And Harvey existed. Yes. <laughs> yeah harvey harvey definitely existed he existed um he sure did <laughs> and i'm trying to think of what other versions you know if it was a girl's story they were a little bit more prominent because the girl was like thinking about them a lot if it was a guy's mm-hmm. story 
if there was a love interest, they were even they even had less of a personality than Yeah. Yeah. It's like you had like their friends and then you had like the girl. And Yeah, the girl was just like, uh, oh, we need to have one of these to prove like for compet. Right. You know? Right. Um, so yeah. Like, yes, all these guys hang out with each other all the time. That doesn't mean they're gay. <laughs> and then Yes, they're the only they're the they only see each other all of the time. However Yep. Yes, they're willing to die for each other, but they're not they're not they're not like that, okay? <laughs> Anyways, I'm trying to think what other stories. I mean like Pokemon was going on at that time and uh, there was, there is no real shipping there. Like, people shipped Ash and Misty, but, like, they're not a couple. They're not a couple. No. <laughs> no. I think there was, in in America, an expectation that, like, this is the boy and this is the girl. They will get together. And they did not. Mm-hmm. And, like, we were confused. <laughs> it's like, no, she's just... Right. It's like, yes, they'll get some of the bubbles... So yeah, I would say of the childhood properties I recall from that time, definitely the OTP. Um, I don't recall there being any equivalent romances where you had a couple that got together, um, who played off each other, who were both like whole people, whole characters. And yes, he was still sur- he was still support. They weren't balanced as far as their role in mm-hmm. battle. But um, there was a concerted effort to make them both significant. You know, the crux of the story is is on the two of them most of the time. Yeah, and especially with reviewing the manga, there are several times, particularly in the dream arc, where ultimately, like, in order Mm -hmm. to really fully power Usagi up, she does need Mamoru's help. Like, he's kind of the final key for her. Like, he unlocks that power for her. Right. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's not to say that she's not anything without him, and it's not to say he's not anything without her, but uh, together they're more than the sum of their parts, you know? Yeah, well, I think they exemplify what a couple should be. They're both individuals, but they're stronger together. You know, they build each other up. Um. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's really Yeah, cool. I don't um, like necessarily all the, t- the ways the anime portrays it, but I do like that the anime will show Mamoru trying to help her out with her studies, you know, to be like, yeah. let me, let me help you. Yeah. Let me do, let me not do this for you, but like, let me provide an environment where you can study and not be distracted. Yeah. And the original anime, of course, it's not perfect. It was subject to a lot of, um uh issues of its time and it's not like the entire manga was out because like the manga has highs and lows uh you know it starts out strong it has kind of a weak area and then it starts getting really strong again starts getting more Mm -hmm. into the lore and like you said she kind of had to make up some of this as she went along because she didn't have it all planned from the beginning uh and later properties were able to look at the entire works and not just as it was being produced. Mm-hmm. And 
take what was strongest and leave what was weakest when it wants to. Yeah, so even for the original Bandai musicals, because they were adapting almost simultaneously, the first musical came out uh, in 93, but at that point, I believe the anime had, if not fully aired, was mostly aired, and the first arc of the manga was completed. So they had... They mm-hmm. had a full picture to work from, um, even even though like mm-hmm. the original Bandai musicals ran from ninety three to ninety eight with Anza, she was the first moon, um, and then like any so and then the ones from like ninety nine to two thousand four, like everything was finished and complete, um, but yeah, with those ones, even with almost parallel production, they still had more complete story to work from to adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's just been, I think as a kid, so like as a child trying desperately to watch Sailor Moon, I didn't appreciate the romance because I didn't really have an understanding of the romance. As a teenager, I was like, I love this, <laughs> but I don't think I really understood it until rereading it as an adult, um, you know, with more experience of the world and of people and of human interaction. Um, because in many ways I was pretty sheltered. And so there were a lot of things that I just wasn't exposed to and, you know, growing and learning and changing and then coming back to Sailor Moon and rereading it being like, Oh wow. I think this is one of like the healthiest portrayals of a relationship in a manga and I've read a lot of shoujo manga. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, even now, there's a lot of, um, when you get into the will-they-won't-they they kind of romances, those, I feel like, can be really problematic because they're constantly manufacturing drama between the mm-hmm. couple. Um, and I think relationships look stronger when the issues are external. So instead of them having issues with each other, which is the problem mm-hmm. I had in R, was there There was, you know, does he love me? Why is he treating me this way? It's I can't get close to her. She could die, you mm-hmm. know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's just miscommunication between the two because they didn't sit down and have a conversation. Like, anytime I'm with a property and their biggest problem is that they they have not spoken to each other, it's like, you should not be a couple... <laughs> If, if only because neither you are mature enough to communicate your feelings, you know? So. And it's so hard to adapt that to, like, yeah. the modern stage because we're all in constant communication with each other. You know, that was actually, yeah. even though it was a little annoying in the episode, I really enjoyed Usagi completely forgetting that Mamoru had to, like, leave for a college thing. And then was like, I don't know where he's gone, and I can't reach him, and everything's terrible, and he's literally trying to reach her, but because she's calling and crying about this to everyone, he literally can't get through on the phone, and there's no other way for him to reach her. Yeah. Yeah, the communication, the miscommunications uh, make more sense with the technology Mm -hmm. of the time, whereas, like, in modern day, there's not really an excuse. It's like, I sent you texts, I sent you messages, Mm -hmm. I didn't hear back. I messaged you, know, you on five different um, platforms, sent you an email, called your phone, called your mom's phone, <laughs> you know, yeah. went to your house. like Yeah. Like, if Romeo and Juliet could have just texted each other, the story wouldn't have played out. 
we're not. I'm not going to go down that path because uh, the the biggest villain in Romeo and Juliet is the priest for not keeping those two in the church. <laughs> we're letting just run off and do their crazy stuff. No, not run off. Like keep them in the church. He married them, and then he should have been like, okay, go off church grounds, consummate the marriage, and then come right back, declare sanctuary, <clears throat> and then we have to force you know um, a. a a concession between your two families that so you stop fighting because now you're married. But he did it. He was like, go off and do your thing, kiddos. No. So next, you're the reason six people died, prior whatever the fuck your name is. And they didn't have cell phones. She's like, hey, no. babe, I'll meet you over here. Don't worry, not dead. JK. Right. And it's like, hi, I've been banished because I killed your cousin. <sighs> uh, but I'm coming back for you, baby. Right. So many things. Just pop a text. Just like, I'll be there. It's going to look like I'm dead, but I'm not. Just wait till I wake up. Right. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. But so many of the misunderstandings uh, that's prevalent in romances, um, it just makes for a bad relationship. And there's less and less excuse Mm -hmm. for it as technology has advanced. Like, we are in the information age. There's no excuse for misinformation. (laughs) Yeah, the problem is is that if you do have good communication, then you don't have a story. Well, and that's that's the point, is with Sailor Moon and Mamoru, I feel like they're strongest when the conflict is coming from outside. There's a bad mm-hmm. guy trying to tear them apart. There's a bad guy attacking the world. There's these, these issues that they have to face as a couple. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's how things are. Like, you could do that even outside of a fantasy setting. Where there's this couple and circumstances around them put pressure on them, make things difficult, you know? I mean, as much as we are just shitting on on Romeo and Juliet, their issues, a lot of their issues are external. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for their families fighting and their families being so crazy that they're literally willing to kill each other over being petty as fuck, um, (laughs) then they would have been able to just date like a couple. Yeah. And court. Yeah. But they had, they felt the need as children, because they were kids, they felt the need mm-hmm. to hide everything and go through all these hurdles and all this subterfuge where the adults in their life could have stepped in and helped if they didn't feel they need to hide everything from them. That's where. A, so a this lot of- also ties. This ties into Princess Serenity and Prince Edemia because they weren't mm-hmm. supposed to hook up. And all of their friends, so the Shitano and the Senshi, were helping them out so they could meet up. And they had to hide it from all of, like, the kings and queens. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, you're not allowed to do this, but we love you and this is really cute. And then because Beryl and Metalia and that convergence. Um, right. That was what allowed them, that's what allowed the Golden Kingdom and the Silver Millennium to be overthrown. And it wasn't their love for each other. They didn't make a bunch of dumbass decisions that led them to mm-hmm. dying together. It was an external force. So unlike yeah. where we could sit here and criticize Romeo and Juliet, as a lot of people do, it's like, oh, look at these dumb teenagers. They did blah, blah, blah. They could have mm-hmm. just blah, blah, blah. You had these two. It, 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 had, it was no fault of their own. It had nothing to do with their choices. They were in love. Mm-hmm. They were keeping it secret. And this bitch over here got hella jealous and, like, tapped into some ancient, you know, 
powerful evil and use that powerful evil to to uh bring down the empire you know yeah and um if it wasn't for her jealousy um for um beryl's jealousy and um her desire to cause harm because she wasn't getting what she wanted she wouldn't have been able to be controlled by a stronger evil force like that um right so these were external right and you see that paralleled with um demando and his obsession with neo queen serenity and wiseman puppeteering him you know where it's the shoe is a little bit on the other foot mm-hmm. so yeah i like i think yeah so i think the uh deathbusters and starlights or like galaxia arc are the two arcs where there's not really a focus on their romance mm-hmm. but the rest of them it's kind of like uh their relationship saves the world essentially yeah yeah well i think they start i i think the story really starts from the point where i think it seems like the crux of the story was supposed to be these two as a couple, their romance and facing the world. but mm-hmm. Defying fate. Defying fate. But as the story went on, I think it became more and more obvious that audiences, as much as they loved the couple, were in love with the ensemble. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, okay. We get it. Usagi, Mamoru, we like them both. But give me more Mercury. Give me more Mars. Give me more Jupiter. You know, give me more Venus. Mm-hmm. Where are the Mako-chan episodes? You know? <laughs> and uh, I, I think that's why at some point we kind of pivot. And um, it's like, oh, wait. We thought the main characters were these two. But the main characters are all of these characters. Right. And the outer senshi are really, really cool. How do we bring yeah. them in more? Right. Yeah. Great couple. A lot of love for them. Um, I think they've been depicted excellent at some times. They've been mm-hmm. depicted awful sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think their love story is overall very sweet. And uh, seems to be a response to classic tragedies. Uh that were not only rewritten, but they were reborn to have their miracle romance. And I love it. It's adorable. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, that's really the the way to sum them up, right? Is miracle romance. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, they really are just goals, aren't they? Yeah. Most yeah. of the time. <laughs> <laughs> In and, the manga. <laughs> and they're both super pretty. So. God, Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we thought this was going to be a shorter episode <laughs> I mean it's still a little shorter compared to some of the others but oh, uh, shall we wrap it up yeah I I think unless you have something else to say I think I've kind of touched on everything I had on, on my mind I don't think so okay okay great Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at Oshiokiopod or contact us through email at Oshiokiopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks as always to Barbara Daly for the use of her artwork. 
please rate and review us wherever you find us. Or, tsukini kawatte, oshiokyo.